Welcome to the CDRB Show, the podcast where you get to know some of the coolest people around. I'm your host, Christian Rodriguez, and each week I sit down with a special guest to chat about their life, career, and all the things that make them awesome. We cover some serious topics that matter, but don't worry, we keep it real and laid back. You never know what kind of insights and surprises you'll get, but one thing's for sure, we're always having a good time. So kick back, relax, and join us for another episode of the CDRB Show. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the CDRB Show. I'm Christian Rodriguez and as every week we have a special guest to talk about their life and career. This week's guest is Dr. Befrica Mordianti. How are you? I am good. Did Thank I you. did I pronounce uh, correctly your your name? Yes, it is actually perfect. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, for every episode we try to know more about the life of the guests okay. here, besides um, the professional career. Okay. So um, the first question is actually about your your name because. Okay. Um, You, you, your, your name is Befrica Mornianti, but uh -huh. uh, you're known here as Dr. M. Uh -huh. Why, why do you like that more? <laughs> well, because I think it's kind of like uh, my name is very difficult to pronounce, especially for like uh, uh, non-international people. Mm -hmm. So for native uh, uh, Arkansas or uh, American. My name is a bit difficult to pronounce, yeah. and it's kind of like if you pay attention, it's not only one syllable, uh, 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 syllable, yeah. syllable, syllable, or whatever that you call it. Yeah. But it's kind of like Murdianti. It's kind of like mm -hmm. you have to kind of pronounce it like that. Yeah, it's so that's different. too long. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to kind of like just say Dr. M. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, that happened to me, and I think my name is a little bit more common than yours. Yes. Um, my name is Christian, but uh -huh. here the people pronounce it Christian. And Christian, yeah. at the beginning, I tried to mm -hmm. say uh, my name as Christian, but everyone was like, what? What is your name? <laughs> and <laughs> I had to say Christian. Oh, Christian. Uh -huh. So I had to modify that, but I can't be as you with Dr. M, I can't be Dr. C, you know, I'm not, a, <laughs> yes. I'm not even a doctor. So <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, uh, next question is, uh, where were you born? I was born in Jakarta. So that's in Indonesia, the capital of Indonesia. Mm -hmm. Is, is it a big city? It is the largest city in Indonesia. And How many population does it I uh, think I'm not sure how many right now it's probably close to 20 million people oh wow if I'm not mistaken yeah but um, so we recently just have eight uh, the celebrations uh, for Muslims after the mm -hmm. fasting month Ramadan usually uh, on eight day a lot of people will travel back to their hometown mm -hmm. so um, If I can say that would be the best time that I love about Jakarta because, uh, you know, out of that 25 <laughs> million people, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all travel back home <laughs> to their hometown. It leaves only like yeah. 3 million people in in Jakarta, wow. which makes the cities really, really <laughs> quiet <laughs> and it's really... <laughs> so you really like fun. it when there's no people... 
Well, I like people, <laughs> but I don't like it when it's too crowded. And yeah, I can. You know, you can. That. Yeah, you see, like, um, <coughs> if I have to choose between Clarksville or New York City, I probably would not mind to New York City only for vacations. Mm-hmm. But if I have to live in New York City, That'll probably yeah, probably would not like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I consider my city, uh, my capital mm-hmm. city, Tegucigalpa, as a big city, but It's not anything compared to Jakarta, yeah. you know, because it. I I think Tegucigalpa is like 1.2 million people mm-hmm. at all, uh, and okay. Jakarta only is like twice the population of my whole country, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's about. I don't. I'm not uh, entirely sure whether it's 20 million or less than that. But usually, uh, during the daytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the numbers of people in Jakarta will be a lot more than during uh, uh, night time because a lot of people commute from the outskirt mm-hmm. to work yeah. in the city and uh, yeah so during daytime in the weekdays you'll, you'll see a lot more people in there There's so that 20 millions are probably during the daytime on weekdays mm-hmm. when people have to work but then it's less when people go back to their right. like because it's not only the people that actually lives in jakarta, in jakarta right because right. it's a big city so a lot of right. people from the surroundings, from the surroundings right, go there right. to work right okay. uh how was your life when you were a child when i was a child yeah <laughs> uh that is interesting question <laughs> uh well I don't know if you know, uh, I grew up with a twin brother. So, oh, <laughs> <really>? <laughs> yes, so I have a twin brother okay. and um, because my brother is the only son from the on from the only son. Mm-hmm. So he was very spoiled by my grandmother from my dad's side. Oh, okay. It was kind of like, uh, interesting because I remember every time we got into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> my How often r- was that? <laughs> It's very often. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very often. Okay. Um, so whenever we got into a fight, my grandma always took uh, my brother's side. Mm-hmm. So he, she would always call him to uh, go into her room and then she will she would give him chocolates oh. or it, yeah, a lot of other things that uh, we, the girls, uh, uh-huh. would not uh, have. But then uh, usually after my brother came out from my grandma's room, my mom would already be kind of like standing outside mm-hmm. waiting for him and then was kind of like telling him that if you do not share whatever that you <laughs> get from your grandma, then if I have something, I will not share with you. <laughs> so he was kind of like, um, it is mandatory for him to share whatever that he get from his uh, from uh, grandma to all of us, yeah. to, to uh, his other siblings. Yeah. But then um, another thing that I really like is that You know, because you um, you have someone that is the same age with you, growing mm-hmm. up together in the household, yeah. it makes it a lot makes it a lot of fun. So you basically do everything together. I I I did everything together with my brother. We went to the same school. We had the same activities. 
Um, you fight together. Fight together, <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, it's 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 kind of odd if you're siblings, but you did not fight with yeah. each other, right? So yeah, I even <laughs> fought with my ten year uh, older, older brother. Bro- <laughs> you know, exactly so. right. <laughs> I think it's exactly very normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really fun, and um, I often ask. Uh, when when we were little, mm-hmm. uh, there are certain things that boys are allowed to do and we were not allowed to do as girls. And I mm. always kind of complain why my brother <laughs> al- is allowed to do this and I am not allowed to do that. So I yeah. was kind of like always kind of like want to. I wanted to do whatever that my brother. Uh, like uh, for did. example, what things? So for example, <coughs> like uh, climbing trees mm-hmm. or going up to the roof of the house <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you wanted to do that <laughs> my brother was allowed to do that but i was not <laughs> so i was kind of like always asking why am i not allowed to do this but well my brother is allowed to do that but so why were you not allowed to well to because um it's not very common for girls Uh, back then mm. to kind of like do all those things that oh you're a girl so you're going to fall and you're like <laughs> <laughs> all of that but I always kind of like think oh well if my brother can do it then mm-hmm. I should be able to do it too <laughs> <laughs> do you think that has changed now or do you think it's the tradition always uh, well I think right now it's more like uh, th- the people is more open minded so they kind of like yeah if whatever that the boys can mm-hmm. do the girls can can do as well yeah but back then there are some restrictions <laughs> like oh girls should not do things like in a certain way yeah but yeah i just don't care <laughs> <laughs> you know a- yeah. another thing that i wanted to talk with you is about the well i i really got to learn a lot uh when uh-huh. the I, i don't know what's the name of the organization or the club the muslim club uh uh-huh. organized yeah. the the fastathon fastathon yeah, oh, yeah that was that's very recent last yeah, week yeah it was right? last yeah. week it was yeah. a great experience i have yeah. to say it was different because uh-huh. uh, how, how how was it for you i mean <laughs> you, you did the fasting right yeah i did the And whole i i uh i ate really early like at 5.30 a.m., something like that, mm-hmm. before the sun uh, rise. Uh, uh-huh. um, and it was a good experience. I think most of the day was really easy for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. in a lot of terms. But I think the last two hours, I was <laughs> like, oh, my God, I want food now because yes, yes. I, I don't know, but the brain starts to... S- Yes. it's getting close it's yeah, getting close yeah. so you're, you're more aware of the time and I was yeah. counting each minute so <laughs> yeah that's actually very true mm-hmm. um, and we always <coughs> consider that the last 30 minutes before the time to break the fast is the most difficult time because uh, you've been fasting the whole day and you keep waiting for this yeah. time to break <laughs> the fast to uh, to 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 arrive mm-hmm. but you just suddenly realize that the time goes very slow <laughs> yeah yeah so that's what makes it uh, really hard and especially um usually when uh, back home especially when we uh when we were when we were fasting we never break the fast uh, on our own so so we always share the the fast with uh, uh somebody else so it's okay. always kind of like we always break the fast together mm-hmm And then uh, when you are preparing the breakfast for everyone, you you know you still have 
sometime that you're not allowed to eat, <laughs> but the food are already kind of like, oh yeah, we're going to eat this, yeah. and you already <laughs> prepared this. That makes it even <laughs> even more difficult. Yeah. And I remember when uh, that day when I was picking up the food from uh, Conway, uh, we purchased the food from a restaurant in Conway, and then we pick it up around four, I think. And then we drove back to Clarksville. <laughs> With all the smell of <laughs> the food. With all the smell <laughs> of the food. It was just oh so God. hard. And it was kind of like, oh my goodness, this, the food smells so good. Yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of thinking, maybe we should just stop. <laughs> is, uh, is fasting um, and all this Ramadan tradition something that you have been doing since you were like since a child? Yes. Since, since I think I started fasting when I was maybe seven years old but we we i did not fast the whole day so okay. we're kind of like fast uh f until midday until noon and then uh, we are allowed to break our fast okay. and then we can continue the fast <laughs> so it's okay. like, like a kid uh, that's how kids were uh, mm -hmm. practicing to fast uh, back home but at noon do you get a, like a full size yeah, food or, yeah, or just meal. like a snack no a full meal so okay. usually um we have breakfast and then around 10 a.m we have snack oh, okay. and then at noon we have an, uh, uh, another meal which is lunch and then during the uh, around 3 or 4 p.m we have another snack, another snack. with tea yeah and then oh, wow. That, that's how we 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 live our life as a kid that's how children do the yes, fasting yes most of the time that's how children will do and then at 6 p.m. we'll have our uh, dinner and then that's it mm. so we always have like two uh, twice uh, snack time mm -hmm. uh, we usually have breakfast early in the morning because class usually started at 7 a.m. Okay, so yeah. we have breakfast around 6 a.m. <coughs> and then at 10 or uh, we will be given snacks so yeah. and then at noon we'll have our lunch and then around 3 or 4 p.m. we have our afternoon tea oh, snacks wow. yeah and then we have uh, a meal at uh, at 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. so basically when we when we were kind of practicing or uh, started to learn how to fast that snack time is being kind of taken away from us oh, really? <laughs> yeah so we only have breakfast <laughs> and then lunch and then dinner oh, and yeah. until what age are you allowed to have that excuse to <laughs> have those so we are allowed to do that until uh, uh, puberty mm. but usually after two years doing the kids uh <laughs> Uh, uh, fasting, fasting we wanted to be kind of like no I'm an adult now <laughs> so really? I want to fast the whole time so yeah usually when we our age we started to have two digits in our age, mm -hmm. age we were kind of <laughs> thinking now we are an adult now yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, what age did you start to do the full fasting I think <coughs> around yeah 10 or 11 yeah around that oh, wow. yeah because um what makes it even harder at that time was when I was little, when I went to elementary school, I went to uh, Christian school. So all my friends mm -hmm. were non-Muslims. Oh. 
So none of them were fasting <laughs> while we were fasting. And as a kid at seven years old, <laughs> eight, nine, yeah. you, you just want to like when we have like a recess time at ten, uh-huh. everybody's uh, opening Eating, their yeah. yeah their snack. <laughs> you just want to have the snack too, but we could not. So was I, it hard for you during those times? Yeah, <laughs> it was hard, and especially because oh, we cannot eat now. <laughs> <laughs> was there a time that you were tempted to yes. stop fasting or yes. did you? Yeah, I did. So I was kind of like so angry that I could not eat or drink. Yeah. So what I did is uh, uh, I just kind of like uh, have a pouting face and get angry to my mom. And why am I not allowed to eat uh, my snack? And then yeah. my mom was kind of like saying, well, because you are fasting, you can eat at noon <laughs> you can <laughs> eat at noon and then continue the fasting and i was kind of like refusing no i don't want i want my snacks <laughs> so i'll just kind of grab a snack and then run outside oh. and then i eat <laughs> and you didn't get punished for that with no i did not get punished <laughs> but i feel guilty other than <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah it was just kind of like yeah th- i did that one time other mm-hmm. than no i'm not going to do that again <laughs> i just feel guilty after i eat my snack yeah and and especially because I noticed my brother did not break his fast <laughs> and we were in the same boat at that time yeah. and everybody else all my siblings also did not break uh, their fast so I was kind of feeling <laughs> <laughs> I feel guilty now I'm not doing this oh. again so <laughs> okay yeah. and uh, the fasting is something that is done every year it lasts for a lot around like 30 days right yes 29 or 30 days yeah it depends on the moon the calendar moon. yes right? yes that's correct that's really interesting and uh, you have done it for many many years now yes uh, how could you say that it's getting easier or it's still the same <laughs> as hard as the first times you, you did well, <laughs> well um it's challenging in different ways because mm-hmm. as you know uh, our fasting is based on the moon calendar not the the sun ca- calendar so it changed uh, every year so when i first came i remember when i first came to the u.s um i have to do the fastings sometime in the winter time mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken or close to the autumn mm-hmm. uh, fall fall time and then uh when i started working at the university mm-hmm. uh, the fasting month was during the summer mm. so that was very long maybe i have to fast 16 or 16 to 18 hours i oh think wow. if i'm not mistaken yeah, it was just. But so you have long. to adjust to the region you are because yes. it's with the sunrise yes. and sunset. Yes, that's correct. So <coughs> it was extremely difficult because of that. So the challenge is kind of like, uh, yeah, as I grew older, I'm used to fasting, mm-hmm. but there are other challenges because yeah. when I was little, I did the fasting in Indonesia where the day and the night are kind of like equal so like 12 hours day and 12 hours night mm-hmm. so it's not that uh, big of a difference and it's <coughs> it's the same all time throughout the year mm-hmm. so you do not have any uh, significant changes well when you have to fast yeah but when i did it in here um when i do it in here we have like different uh, uh we have four uh, season in a year and then yeah. the the length of the daytime is different uh, depending where you are at 
uh, when you do the fasting mm-hmm. so it's kind of like making it hard um i remember when we have it in the winter time mm-hmm. it was a very <coughs> short uh fasting but the hunger <laughs> oh god <laughs> it was horrible yeah. you and i remember my first uh fasting outside of indonesia was i did it in moscow in russia hmm. and do you know i don't know if you know but they only have two seasons there are we yeah just cold and really cold, cold. <laughs> 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 so so i had the first uh-huh. <laughs> the first uh, fasting when the when it was a really cold season <laughs> 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 yeah cold and super cold yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was very short the daytime was very short i think i was fasting only six hours or less than six hours oh, but wow. because of it was super cold at that time and i was kind of like <laughs> i just came from indonesia where you know the weather is so nice all yeah. all year it's kind of <laughs> like 30 degrees celsius but then suddenly i came to moscow and then Uh, I have to experience uh, minus something degree Celsius <laughs> while fasting. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so horrible and uh because it was the first time I have to fast and I don't know how to prepare food. Mm-hmm. And I do not have uh equipments to cook and I did not know how to cook either. So <laughs> it was really hard because I can only break the fast with bread mm. and then uh eat the early morning meal with another piece of bread oh. <laughs> so it's just kind of like it's super hard and um we we were kind of like uh, fasting for six hours but the hunger <coughs> it was horrible yeah and then um when i was in the u.s when we did the fastings during the summer time it was very long the hunger was not that bad but the thirst because of the heat <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it has challenges it has their own challenges and especially for now uh it's not as bad because we are only fasting like maybe 13 or 14 hours um uh, but because we're doing it during the the semester where we have to have other activities going on as yeah. well it makes <coughs> it uh challenging it makes it difficult and especially if when i have to teach back to back uh in the morning yeah. teach classes back to back in the morning and then i have lab in the afternoon so it was really kind of like how how do you deal with that of uh during the month of fasting mm-hmm. how do you deal with having to do the classes and everything all you, the responsibilities maybe your co-workers eating <laughs> something delicious yeah. uh, on <laughs> yeah, your side yeah i usually are not tempted <laughs> with the food If they're eating in my office, mm-hmm. I, I don't get if students come and ask for help <laughs> and uh they were eating while working on whatever that they work on in mm-hmm. my office. I I don't mind, but when they started to come with uh the water bottle. Ice, yeah, water water <laughs> bottle or ice drinks, it's kind of like, oh god, I really want <laughs> to drink now because especially after you've been talking yeah, uh, you get a tired. lot, yeah, you've been talking a lot, you just want to drink, but yeah. you could not. So <laughs> So yeah, how do I deal with that? Well, usually um if I don't have 
class back to back and lab I try to um, uh, go home early and then take a nap during the daytime okay but if I have lab in the afternoon I usually just kind of like bear with it and then after lab time is over I usually <coughs> I would kind of like continue working uh, on some other things in my mm-hmm. office but after lab I'll just go home directly <laughs> and take a nap yeah that's it and uh, the nap helps a lot uh, taking a nap while fasting it helps a lot because um, you have to wake up early in the morning mm-hmm. and sometimes um, uh, I did not go back to sleep because preparing of uh, classes mm-hmm. and things like that so I usually did not go back to sleep and then uh, after the day is over like after lab is done I just want to go home and take a nap so usually that nap really helps yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, could you say that or have you being in a bad mood because of being fasting and oh having yes of to course do a lot of course of yeah <laughs> and <laughs> you know you're not supposed to get angry while you're fasting so the restriction is not that you're not allowed to eat and drink but you are also kind of like you have to control your emotions mm-hmm. you have to control your desire yeah. there's a lot of things that you have to control while you are fasting mm-hmm. but sometimes you just kind of like <laughs> <laughs> everything that's going on just take you to like i'm i'm done with it yeah. i just could not handle it any longer and i just kind of like <laughs> I, I, yeah i remember uh, one time um while fasting i was kind of like Uh, I was just very tired mm-hmm. because you you know you have to work since morning you did not have enough sleep and then you did not have enough food you did not have the energy but then you have to deal with <coughs> a lot of other things that irritates you yeah so you just kind of I at that time I just kind of I I blew up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I should not I should not do this but I yeah. could not handle it again. So yeah. Does the university provides with some kind of flexibility for the people that practice the Ramadan and well, all this? Well, um with uh, with us because we we can do whatever we want uh, for our classes. So and I rarely cancel class or uh, if it's not really kind of like uh, I cannot take it any longer mm-hmm. I usually don't cancel classes but because we were given like uh, freedom to do how we do our classes or how okay. we do our office hours so I just find it like even though it's not officially kind of like uh, given the uh, how do you call it uh, any flexibility but <coughs> we can do uh, as much as we mm-hmm. want to adjust uh, with the time and okay. that's that's why usually I would stay until 6pm in my office yeah. or help students out uh, with uh, some problems uh, with homework and things like that but w- uh, during fasting month after lab is done I usually just go home <laughs> and took a nap yeah, yeah and that, then that helps to make the time yeah, go faster yeah exactly <laughs> right <laughs> yeah you know i didn't take a nap that day uh, i think i was strong yeah. enough 
I, I, I don't know. I think I wanted to experience the full fasting, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. And uh, I, uh, during that day and the day before uh, the fast, the fasting activity, mm -hmm. I also read a lot of information about mm -hmm. why it's uh, done. And uh, I also read that it's not only fasting the drink and uh -huh, uh, eating, uh -huh. but it's also to control your emotions, yes. to to yes. control your thoughts so i yes. i like that as well and so yeah. that day I, i was like in sang mode like <laughs> trying to be happy yeah. with everyone and yeah. not getting yeah. angry not yeah. saying like and i don't know a uh, bad word or whatever yeah. you know? and sometimes you can do it but sometimes it's just hard and there mm -hmm. are uh you know there are certain days that you just feel like very low with everything and yeah. everything just irritates you and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, well we're human so yeah and you know the day after the fasting activity i had a test mm -hmm. for one of my classes mm -hmm. so that's one thing i couldn't do uh, to focus and study uh -huh, uh -huh. during the fasting because i was not feeling well in a lot of ways and uh -huh. i was not like really focused uh -huh, my mind uh -huh. was like Uh -huh. in other part yeah <laughs> so i had to ask an extension for <laughs> to do that test in another time yeah <laughs> i didn't do it but i i really like that experience but well, I'm glad. I'm glad. um i think it's good to get in touch with other traditions that we are not yes. uh, familiar with yes. and uh, i think that's really brave to do it for 30 <laughs> days because 30 one days, day yeah. for me was yeah the <coughs> to start it's hard mm -hmm. the the if you're fasting like the first day uh it's it's hard for me but then um usually what i did is uh, i practiced first so i did not go immediately to the fasting month but um Uh, I think uh, two months before the fasting month started, I started to fasting every uh, twice a week. Oh, so okay. I did not jump immediately. Yeah. I'm fasting tomorrow, <laughs> and then I, no, I did not. I have to kind of like yeah. warm up first. So <coughs> I think starting in February, mm -hmm. uh, early February, I started to fast every uh, Monday and Thursday. And I know that Monday is my longest day. Monday and Wednesday is my long uh, are my longest days throughout the semester. So yeah. I choose to fast on Monday and Thursday because Monday is my longest day, and then Thursday I only have lab. So it's kind of like to practice first. Yeah. I did not go immediately fasting uh, the whole month. No, yeah, that's I, what I, I was going to ask you if you prepare before starting the month yes. of fasting. Yeah. So I I kind of like uh, to. It's basically to uh, make my body aware that, okay, there will be some days that food will be uh, uh, scarce and yeah. then water I is going to be scarce as well. So I need to learn how to adjust. Mm -hmm. So my body needs to learn how to do that. And I have to wake up early in the morning as well. So I do that twice a month for yeah. uh, twice, twice, a twice a week for uh, almost two months. And then I did it. Uh, so when I started the fasting month, mm -hmm. uh, Uh, it's not as difficult as if I did not have that preparation. Yeah. yeah. So um, during the first day, you say that it's really difficult. Yeah, the first week is hard because uh -huh. you have to c c continuously fasting every day. Yeah. And then, but then after the first, uh, the first week is passed. It's getting easier. It's getting easier. Okay. Yeah, it's getting easier, and 
after the fasting month is over, I kind of like missed. Oh man, <laughs> I'm not fasting any longer. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I also read that it's common that you gain weight during this time because it's like a full celebration for the whole uh -huh. month because you fast the whole day, but uh -huh. at the end you have a big like meeting with the family or yes, with friends and yes. you eat a lot together. Yeah, so yeah. It's basically eating what you couldn't <laughs> eat during the whole day, the whole day the you whole know. Community. So yeah. uh, is it common to pe for people to gain mm. weight? Th That's what I've heard, but with me, it did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> it never happened that way. So usually uh, at the beginning of the fasting month, I usually weigh myself, mm -hmm. uh, how much body weight that I have. And then at the end of the fasting month, I will weigh again and see how many pounds I lost. And I always lost, I never gained oh weight. Really? Yeah, so usually I could probably probably lost uh, five <coughs> or six pounds after mm. fasting uh, the whole month. And then uh, after the fasting month is over, until the next fasting month, I will regain that six pounds that I lost. <laughs> <All right. laughs> only to lose it again <laughs> <laughs> does this <gasps> happen to you only while being here in the u.s or no it, it happen always happens yeah it's it's always okay. happen all the time wow. yeah so i usually kind of like i have hard time to gain that weight but then just by fasting <laughs> a week a week i can easily lose yeah uh, two or three pounds uh fasting a week I, and i remember um when i was kind of like uh when i was starting the fasting month uh, alone mm -hmm. uh, i lost just by fasting the first week i lost maybe seven pounds so i lost one pound every day oh wow it's just that quick yeah. and then after that i retain after that one week i i retain that Uh, that weight, mm -hmm. so I did not l lose any uh, anymore. And then a lot of people say that oh, usually when when we are fasting, we gain weight because we keep eating uh, after we mm -hmm. break the fast, and that's a problem with me. Yeah. When I do the fasting, usually I read it's automatically the portions that I eat reduced by a lot. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when we break the fast, it is. Uh, It is suggested that you break the fast with a uh, with a date, or with some dates. Mm -hmm. uh, so, usually after eating uh, dates, I would be full, and I have to wait until uh, for some times before I can start my meal. Mm -hmm. And usually, if I on regular day uh, each meal I can eat half cup of rice during that fasting month maybe the whole day hmm. i can only eat a quarter cup of rice oh wow yeah that's for the whole day the yeah. whole day not not uh, eating uh, <coughs> early in the morning and in the evening mm -hmm. so yeah so that's what makes it kind of like uh, difficult for me to to gain weight yeah and i don't know why every time i break the fast after i drink mm -hmm. that's it Hmm. I do not feel hungry any longer, and I after I drink and eat dates, I usually feel full. Oh wow! That's uh, I guess that's why uh, 
I lost weight very quickly and I do not understand how people can keep eating <laughs> <laughs> when, when they break the fast because I could not do that. Well, in my experience, in only one day of fasting, uh -huh. I, I ate Everything as much <laughs> as I could. You know, I was just trying to eat a lot during that, that yeah. dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a relief in, a relief, in, a, yeah. in a lot of ways, but <clears throat> I don't know. But maybe because of the same fasting and I'm not used to fast uh -huh, at all. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> but I was like really really hungry at mm -hmm, the beginning mm -hmm. but then i started to feel really really full really fast really fast yeah. and <clears throat> i was like whoa 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 i i want to keep eating yeah <laughs> i i feel that i need to keep eating i was telling myself <laughs> but i yeah. i was feeling like full and um i think that sensation of fullness kept yeah. during the whole night yeah. and i was like okay i don't i i don't understand this <laughs> But <coughs> yeah. yeah, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. And especially <coughs> in here, because we break the fast, it's already very late. Yeah. And uh, if I keep eating after breaking the fast, mm -hmm. what time will I go to bed? <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's why I, thi I think that's also the reason why I kind of like limit the amount of food that yeah. I take. Because I do not like to go to bed with a very full stomach. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, before the stomach is full, so I'll just kind of like stop. Yeah. Stop eating. Uh, also, I wanted to ask you, when did you first came to the U.S.? I came here in 2005. 2005, yes, that was 2005. the first time. You came here first time to study or to, to, study. Yeah, to study? Yeah, I did my master's in 2005, and then I continued with my Ph.D. program in 2007. Then I graduated in 2012, and then I work after that. So oh. I work at Arkansas Tech first mm -hmm. for one year, and then I moved to Ozarks in 2013. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and what other countries have you visited? Because you mentioned uh, Moscow. Yeah, so um, I went, okay, after I graduated from my undergraduate, I got the opportunity to get my master to study for my masters in in moscow mm -hmm. i think the name of the <coughs> university at that time i i got an a uh, scholarship to study chemistry in the name of the university was um moskovskaya gosudarsvenaya akademicheskaya tonkoy himicheskoy technology so it's kind of yeah so it's kind of like Uh, Moscow State University for uh, fine chemical technology. So only chemists would go to that school. Mm. Wow. And uh, at that time, uh, I did not know any Russian and we mm -hmm. have to take the courses in Russian. Yeah. So it was very hard. <coughs> all, all of it was in Russian? All of it in Russian. Oh and wow. y you can imagine <coughs> how studying chemistry in your own language yeah. it's hard <laughs> and then you study chemistry in a language <laughs> that you did not know it's oh. double double hard yeah so at that time all the periodic table changed name so i had to relearn the, <laughs> the periodic table <laughs> then yeah it was just uh, difficult and um I knew what the professor was talking about, but I did not understand yeah. any anything that they were talking about. 
But I think now, when I I remember one time I have to take a class. I think that class was quantum mechanics mm. in chemistry mm-hmm. or computational chemistry or something like that. It was in Russian. <coughs> I did not understand anything at all that <laughs> the professor uh, talked about, but mm. I I recall something like, oh, the calculations that they did is in using um, uh, w- STO th- or, or the cal- uh, Hartree-Fock, something <laughs> like that. I I catch that, but I did not know what that is. Mm-hmm. And then when I came to the U.S., the first class that I have to take is quantum mechanics. And quantum mechanics, learn about computational chemistry, a little bit of uh, computational chemistry, and then it tells us uh, what kind of uh, calculations method that can be done for uh, calculations. Mm-hmm. And again, I was kind of like, uh, I heard this uh, <laughs> heart fog <laughs> again, <laughs> and then STO, MND, or something, all, all of these... Uh, 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 computations yeah. that were used in the computational <laughs> chemistry and I started to oh you know what I understand I, I know what the professor was talking about in, in, in here mm-hmm. that was the same thing that w- the <laughs> professor in Moscow was talking about but I did not understand at all yeah. <laughs> but in here yeah I still could not understand but I can follow yeah, what the, the professor was talking about and when I did not understand what the professor was talking about I try to read the book mm-hmm. the book does not make sense uh, as well but <laughs> at least I got an idea I got an idea when I was reading the textbook in Russian I did not understand what the professor was talking about I read the textbook to make me even yeah. <laughs> even lost so were uh, you a good student I I was always a good a student even when I was in Moscow, it's just really? it's just so hard that I just feel like I don't think I can complete. You this. had good grades in in Moscow uh, with the r- classes in Russian. I don't know. I did not check <coughs> on the on the report book. I only they were in Russian, right? <laughs> they were in <laughs> Russian, <laughs> and um, the way that they give a test to us is different than different than, than here. here. So we were given like a ticket that we have to take uh, for a test Mm -hmm. so there will be a ticket that you pull out and then that ticket contains the questions Mm. for your tests and then you have to work on the test and then you have to defend your answer so the test uh, could take the whole day because of that defense like if Mm -hmm. you're not ready you're not going to do the oral test so the test is always written (coughs) test and then oral test continued followed uh, by an oral test. Wow. Have you done that here to the to your students? No. <laughs> that type of no. education system. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's uh, going to be good if I do it that way. But yeah. And Why do you think they do that in Russia? I like don't that? know. Is I don't that know. like the common education system yeah. they have? Yeah. The, the every test that they have is always done like that. Oh so wow. you pick a ticket and then in that ticket you have the questions that you have to work on. And then you answer the questions, mm-hmm. and then you defend with the professors. What did you actually study uh, for your undergrad? 
for my undergrad, yeah. I studied chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah. And then for your and masters. And then for my masters, I also did uh, chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah. And then uh, I found uh, some of my notebooks from when I was in Russia, mm-hmm. which I did not understand what I write <laughs> at that time. But then when I looked again, oh, I know what this is about now. Yeah. yeah because like uh, all the equations are the same. Yeah. I understand. I understood the equation, but I really did not understand what the professor was explaining. Mm-hmm. And then when I looked again, oh, look at that. Zakon <laughs> Genri. Oh, I know what the, what topic they were talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like funny, but. <laughs> yeah. For, so for your um, doctoral degree, uh-huh. you did it in chemistry as well, or in there chemistry. was a specific topic or so i did it in physical chemistry physical chemistry yeah so there are five areas in chemistry mm-hmm. um organic physical inorganic analytical and biochemistry mm-hmm. so usually biochemistry will be separate so if you have like a chemistry program usually only those four uh, area and mm-hmm. then biochemistry will be another program yeah but sometimes in a smaller university you will have a program that is called chemistry and biochemistry. But uh, yeah, when when I did my uh, <coughs> undergraduate, I did it in inorganic. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for my PhD, I did it in um, uh, physical chemistry. And usually or inorganic and physical chemistry can be kind of can be housed in a one one program. Mm-hmm. So th- because of the similarities that the program talked about. That's interesting. So, uh, yeah. well, besides your educational background and uh, some kind of the things that you have uh, learned and you do here as a professor, what do you do in your spare time? How do you manage your spare time <laughs> here? Well, <laughs> you know, when... If I have a very long uh, break, like mm-hmm. in the summer break, I usually help out in the family restaurant in Talsa. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a lot of hard work, but yeah. And Your family has like has a, a restaurant? A restaurant in, in Talsa, yeah. What type of It's Indonesian is? restaurant, oh, really? yeah. So, wow. And uh, I usually w- help my aunt in the kitchen, running mm-hmm. restaurant in the kitchen. So, which I did not find it that much of a difference than working in the lab. Yeah. The only, I think <laughs> the only difference is that you can lick the spoon. <laughs> in the lab, you cannot. No, you, you will die if you do <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so, so the, only, the only thing that is different between a kitchen and a lab is that you can lick the spoon <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> you cannot do that in the lab. Mm. You know, uh, well, uh, I've been to your house uh, uh-huh. a couple of times uh-huh. and I have <laughs> seen that you have a lot of things like with the team of uh, chemistry and all that, <laughs> you have the salt with the, uh, I don't know how you call that, I'm a communication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The S- sodium. Sodium chloride. Yeah. Uh-huh, because yeah. that's what table salt is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you have, I think, a, a poster that says something about uh, chemistry or something like that. I don't remember, but. Uh, I think it's kind of like uh, uh, food. Laboratory. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Something uh, like s- uh, uh, what is that? Edible science experiment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the good food is not guaranteed, right? <laughs> because they're an experiment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And, and so you, you associate the... 
food, the well, the cooking the part cooking with part with the labs, the lab, but yeah. <laughs> you they can't are, really. Yeah, they're all very similar. Like mm -hmm. uh, whenever you cook, when do why do you add salt? Whenever you want to boil something, for example, you boil vegetables, you add salt. Mm -hmm. You boil pasta, you add salt. Why do you do that? That's kind of explained in the colligative properties yeah. when when we learn uh, chemistry. And then um, why the salting out process is required, mm -hmm. and what happened in the salting out process, and that's that's all kind of yeah. all <laughs> all of those are discussed in chemistry. And then um, the way that you uh, usually people like to use spoon instead of like oh one tablespoon of this or one cup of this, one cup of that. I'd rather use the grams mm -hmm. because I think it's more accurate because the the volume of water mm -hmm. at different temperature is going to be different so if you are kind of like measuring water like you said oh you need to have like mm, one liters of water or 100 milliliters of water that you need to add or one cup of water yeah it depends whether the water is cold or hot right mm -hmm. so that's going to have different measurements but if you wait it oh yeah well yeah and instead yeah. of a lab report you make a <laughs> receipt you know <laughs> <laughs> right but right, it's, so it's yeah i, I haven't yeah. seen it like like that you know now yeah. i will feel like a chemist when i'm <laughs> when doing my my when you're cooking <laughs> in the kitchen instant soup <laughs> instant soup <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know i'm also uh, really curious about your your country because you you mm -hmm. come from a country that is known for a lot of things that it, their their culture and a uh -huh. lot of things so for a person that hasn't heard a lot about indonesia indonesia uh -huh. how would you describe your country the country it's very diverse in a lot of ways mm -hmm. so i i i tend to think it this way a lot of people when they s say about uh the country with the largest muslim populations they're probably going to think the middle eastern country Mm -hmm. No, it's in, in it's Indonesia. It's Indonesia. Yeah, Indonesia wow. is the country with the largest Muslim population, not Middle East country. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't and know that. Yeah, because I think uh, Indonesia is the fourth country with the largest populations. Uh, so after China, the U.S., yes. India, mm -hmm. and then we have Indonesia is the fourth uh, largest uh, yeah. populations, and. Almost 90% of the populations are Muslim. So you can imagine if we have 250 million uh, populations, 90% yeah. of it is uh, are Muslim. So you yeah. know how many Muslims uh, people that country would have. Mm -hmm. And that would, I'm sure that would surpa surpass any uh, uh, Middle Eastern country. Yeah. And um, if you take a look at the country from the east, to the west, from the west to the east, because we have a lot of influence from the southern India, uh, not India, southern Asia to mm -hmm. East Asia. That's why we are located in the southeastern Asia. Yeah. Because of that influence, if you go to the western part of the country and then you travel to the eastern part of the country, mm -hmm. you'll see that the food changed by a lot. Okay. Yeah, and then um, we have influence, the food that we have have influence from China, 
we have influence from India. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like those kind of mixtures you you're not going to find it in in other uh, places. Yeah. In other country that has so rich of uh, diversity in the food. And then with the uh, ethnicity, the people from the western part of the country to the eastern part of the country, you see it's completely different. different. The eastern part of the country is probably going to be more uh, more like the native of the Polyn- Polynesians mm-hmm. or more like an um, African. Uh, okay. uh, uh, and the western part of the countries are more like Chine- Chinese. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of like th- those changes from one from one side to, to the, the other. To the other is so so large. Wow. And if you consider you travel from the most eastern uh, western part of the country to the eastern part of the country, mm-hmm. that's probably like traveling from. I don't know, from the Pacific to the Atlantic portions of the U.S. Wow. This is just so, so, <laughs> so large. Like yeah. But uh, the country itself, because it's, uh, it's, it, it is an archipelago, mm-hmm. you see more oceans than the land. Oh, <laughs> really? Yes. So <laughs> from <laughs> when you travel from one place to another place, it's going to be difficult if you only have the transportation that you have is only car. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., you can travel from the Pacific uh, portions, from Oregon, for example, yeah. to uh, <coughs> to Maine, just by car. Mm-hmm. In Indonesia, you cannot do that. Oh, really? Yeah, because you have to go through the oceans, right? So you have to go through uh, from one big island to another big yeah. island you cannot just use your car you have to use a ferry to uh, to cross the one from one island to another wow so so yeah it's kind of c- <laughs> wow that's i never thought of it that way but yeah, yeah it's crazy <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's crazy and then with the language mm-hmm. so we have a national language that is called indonesian language but other than national language we also have uh ethnic language mm-hmm. that is very different from one island to another so for example i uh, was born and grew up in uh, jakarta and jakarta is in java island okay even with java island uh you have two different language the language that is spoken by most Javanese, which mm. is called Javanese language, and the language that is spoken to the people who live on the western part of Java, mm-hmm. I- Java Island, that is called Sundanese. So Javanese and Sundanese, it's completely different language mm. that when you understand uh, Javanese, you probably are not going to understand what the Sundanese people are uh, are talking. And how is people with how how that creates like uh, difficulty of identity inside the country because a part of the population doesn't uh-huh. have uh, the same language. So how how do you feel Indonesian? Well, because every one of us, even though we speak all of this ethnic language mm-hmm. but we also have to un, uh, to speak Indonesian language I think even though we are all different but 
there is a co- uh, uh, common ground in here that mm-hmm. we all speak can still understand each other because we have this language that mm-hmm. common language that everybody knows but um sometimes when you live in like for example i'm a javanese i speak javanese language and then when i uh, went to college i went to bandung which is on the western part of java where uh, most people in bandung are going to be sundanese where they mm-hmm. speak sundanese language yeah. yes at first i did not understand but you live there for four years and that's the language that you uh, hear most of the time mm-hmm. you started to kind of catch <laughs> oh i understand now i can yeah. speak a little bit of that language so that's kind of like making it like now you're able to speak Japanese language mm-hmm. and Indonesian language but you're also able to speak Sundanese language even though you're not Sundanese. Yeah. Wow, and then yeah when you're going to a different area th- uh, I remember um, from the Sumatra island for example they speak completely different language that I have no idea what they're talking <laughs> about if I have to go to uh, 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 Sumatra island. Mm. And then in Sumatra island itself they they have their own languages too. Like it's not going to be only all, all one language because in Sumatra Island uh, there are maybe five different ethnicity mm-hmm. and each ethnicity will speak their own language. Wow. So it's just kind of like, uh, it's crazy if you live like uh, one year you live in mm-hmm. one island and then the next year you have to live in yeah. a different island. So you just have to adapt and to learn to, to, to speak the language, mm-hmm. but you also understand the common language which is kind of uh, called the Indonesian language. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Indonesia a safe country like because uh, in our countries for example in Latin mm-hmm. America we have a lot of issues with gangs sometimes mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. with other criminal uh, groups like narc narco uh-huh. traffic mm-hmm. and all that. Is that something common in, in Indonesia? We don't have gangs like that. We don't <coughs> have uh, uh Like even though we have a lot of different ethni- ethnicity, mm-hmm. yes, there are certain uh, area of the country that the 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 ethnic groups are going to be kind like in confrontations mm-hmm. with each other. So they'll they will kind like hunt you down if you have uh, this uh, certain ethnicity. But that's only going to happen in a very specific area that is mostly remote mm-hmm. that you're not going to be kind of like if you're a tourist you're not going to go to that area yeah right so but the rest of the country is basically safe you we're not going to have and, and but of course the criminal uh, activity is going to be a lot higher if mm-hmm. you're in the high uh, in a big cities yeah. for example um so for if example you if you if you walk in the streets with your phone in your hand you're not you're you're you don't have to be worried that n- someone is well going to come with a weapon or something n- like that weapon is not but uh, uh, if you are not being careful with your belongings like you leave your belongings somewhere yeah, like and then you go somewhere yeah like. it will be gone immediately especially mm-hmm. if you're in in the big cities yeah but if it's in a smaller uh, town 
that usually don't don't happen. Mm. Ju- just like in here, when you're yeah. in 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 New York City, you do not want to leave no. all your belongings unattended, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of like uh, just like that. But yeah, gun, it's not very common in 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 Indonesia. Okay, um, that's that's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and and also if you for example a lot of people will ask oh uh, if we want to go to indonesia should we should i go to uh, jakarta i would not recommend going to jakarta because jakarta is just a big city like like la like, like new york it's just kind of like mm-hmm. you know if you're from big city you do not want to go <laughs> to another big city but yeah you probably would want to go to the area that is like uh, an island mm. mo- a smaller island where um there is uh bali i don't know if you've heard oh, about yeah, bali heard yeah that. that's tropical island that a lot of people really love how to far go. do you live from from bali in indonesia it's far away because far? bali is a different island oh, it's okay. not in java mm-hmm. island it's next to java island but uh not not as close mm-hmm. so i live uh, in in java island i live almost to the east uh, western side mm-hmm. and bali is w- east of the eastern part of the java island mm-hmm. okay so um uh yeah so bali uh, and i think uh i like bali but i do not like it as much as gili trawangan so oh. there is another island close to lombok area area the lombok area where um the only means of transportation in the island is either bicycle or a uh, cart no there's no <laughs> no wow. vehicle at all okay <laughs> yeah so it was in it's interesting because you know in that in that island mm-hmm. all you have to do you want to go from one place to another you can only <laughs> ride your bike or there's wow. no uh, motor vehicle at all wow yeah and um if the day was very uh very bright mm-hmm. the night is very clear you can see the milky way from oh, from that great. island yeah wow so there's not a lot of light pollution in the yes, area yes in the area it's not a lot of wow, uh, light pollution it is really really interesting and a lot of people like to go there for their honeymoon for example mm. because it's kind of like you know it's a, a place where it's everything is quiet mm-hmm. but then you see the ocean yeah. you see you see all of those things that you see like for example in here um you'll see the the place with a very nice beach where yeah. everybody's kind of relaxing <laughs> there so yeah it's it's really like that also um i i am curious about this because You came here in 2005 to the U.S., right? Right. And uh, a year before that, uh, Indonesia got hit by a hard tsunami, by a tsunami, yes. mm-hmm. which caused a lot of damage and deaths in mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us how did you experience that from your perspective, both personal or from people around you? Yeah. So the the tsunami that hit happens in the Sumatra Island, in the very west part of Sumatra mm-hmm. Island which is kind of like a bit uh not a bit but it's far from from uh where i live mm-hmm. from from jakarta um i did not experience it personally but through the news how devastating that uh uh 
catastrophe, that yeah. uh, natural disaster is, it was really kind of like disheartening because you know what? We are in the same country, yeah. but whatever that they experienced, we did not experience mm-hmm. it at all. And the uh, I know a lot of people lost their uh, family members uh, in that area. And um, I did not have any friends that I know of that comes from that part of the country. So although it's devastating and it was kind of like disheartening to see all the news in the on television, but it's not kind of like, you know, you have different experience when you have some someone or somebody that, you know, it's uh, affected uh, directly. So at that <coughs> time, it was kind of very shocking because it was right before uh, Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it or was. Or after Christmas, uh, one day after Christmas or mm-hmm. something like that, where we were supposed to have a big celebrations for uh, New Year's after that. And then they have to face uh, that kind of like um, uh, disaster. Yeah. And I remember that we were like immediately collecting... Um, like uh, resources, like resources for, them. For, for them and a lot of people like uh, trying to reach there uh, to help mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like I've never seen anything look like that uh, in my life through through television mm-hmm. right it was just kind of like something that is so horrible and I did not realize the effect of tsunamis that big yeah that everything is just kind of washed away immediately and the whole uh the whole area is nothing yeah that's just kind of like and i think that that's one of the most famous or uh specific cases that people reminds when you think about a tsunami or earthquake in this century you think about the tsunami that hit indonesia and then i i think the effect (coughs) after that it makes people realize people from other parts of the country who live really close to the to the beach mm-hmm. or to the to the coast to the, to, to, to the coast it makes them realize that whenever there is like an earthquake it really kind of like agitate them that to reaching a point that okay we need to evacuate yeah. even though it's uh, yeah there's no tsunami uh, going to happen anytime soon or anything mm-hmm. like that but as soon as they feel like okay there is an earthquake we have to evacuate immediately they they just got panicked because yeah. of that um, maybe there was not a lot of education for the people during that time because right. i have seen a lot of videos of people in the beach mm-hmm. and the tsunami was coming, was coming already and, and, the, yeah, and i was and like why why are not they yeah. like running or something yeah. like that and i think those videos are really popular yeah. these days and mm-hmm. really viral that from from that time and there's just like people walking normally yeah. and the uh, waves hitting the, yeah. the the land really hard that was a, a really really devastating yeah. uh, disaster for for indonesia but hopefully it it has come back from from that um disaster or yeah, it's still th- affecting th- do you think that's well still uh, they've done a lot of uh how do you call that rebuilt Mm-hmm. Uh, rebuilding the 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 community, yeah. it takes a long time. It takes a long time, but I think the trauma is still there until until now. Even though yeah. it's already kind of like 
almost 20 years mm-hmm. past but yeah the trauma is still there yeah that's that's hard i think for for any type of disaster because mm-hmm. um in honduras for example from the um, we have had at least three major hurricanes uh-huh. that have hit directly mm-hmm. honduras and one was in uh, 1998 mm-hmm. the hurricane mitch uh-huh. and still today our economy has mm-hmm. not improved from mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. days and in 2020 we got hit by two hurricanes in one week mm-hmm. and from that we have also i have read a lot of articles saying that the honduran economy got delayed like for 50 years just because of those type because of, of the, those uh, disasters so disaster. that's mm-hmm. why i'm curious as well as how much is impacting right now indonesia mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. that because it's maybe not the best way to measure but it's a bigger natural disaster compared with a hurricane in mm-hmm. a lot of ways mm-hmm. because a tsunami is a consequence of mm-hmm. a uh, earthquake, earthquake and yeah. the earthquake can cause a lot of other yeah. damages you know yeah. and i think if i'm not mistaken after that tsunami in 20 2004 mm-hmm. we the other area in Indonesia was hit by a very massive earthquake as well in 2006, if oh I'm not okay. mistaken. So it's it was kind of like very, very back to back because mm-hmm. we were still not recovered from the tsunami. The government yeah. is still trying to kind of like help uh, those people that are facing tsunami. Yeah. And a lot of people are still missing because of that uh, natural disaster. And then in 2006, another part of indonesia is also hit by another earthquake mm-hmm. so it was kind of like yeah it was kind of back to back uh natural disaster that we we were facing yeah all this is really interesting i will be talking about <laughs> all this the whole day but let's talk a little bit more about your uh professional life here at Ozarks uh-huh. as well uh when did you start working uh here at the university I started working here in 2013, so 2013. this is going to be my 10 okay. years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> is the university preparing something yeah, uh, <laughs> well, for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, usually... The 10-year award? The, yeah, that's what they say. There is kind of like an award for 10 years, and then 15 years, and then for 30 years. Yeah. I think 20 years as well. Um, but wow. yeah, I was included and I was surprised because I did not expect that I would last this long. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you see like, you know, this is Clarksville, nothing yeah. in here. <laughs> well, but if you have a car, I think it's easier, it's you know, easier, yeah, yeah. to like just say, ah, I'm going to go yeah. to another town or yeah. another part. Yeah. But if you don't have, a, a, if you don't have a mean of tra- transportation, I think it's this harder. Is you know? be hard. Yeah, that's yeah. true. How many classes do you teach here? Um, I have like every semester I'm teaching one lower level class and one upper level class. So usually with the lower level class, I have two labs associated with it. And then with the upper level class, I have one lab. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm only teaching two classes, two different classes, but, uh, with the lab. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, 
do you have like to review all the topics you you have to teach before yeah, every class yeah, or how does yeah. that work because and especially with the upper level classes because the upper level classes are not offered every semester or every year yeah so it's offered every other year so usually i have to kind of like refresh <laughs> and oh i forgot what did i do uh, when when i ha- was teaching this class yeah. so it's just kind of like a lot of like uh, have to keep repeating like re- 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 uh, relearn whatever that I'm going to to teach yeah with the lower level class usually if I change the textbook then I have to kind of like relearn everything else because sometimes the topic of discussions is a little bit different, different. but the idea are still the same so it's not it's not as many like uh, relearning things mm-hmm. to do but with the upper level classes yeah, there's a lot of relearning yeah. things to do what is the best part of your job here at the Ozarks? working with the students it's interesting you know how how this like you learn a lot mm-hmm. by uh, working with students you learn a lot not only learning uh, what can what should you do in order to make you better in delivering the materials but you yeah. also can like learn like because the students that i have when i first come here to the students now that i have mm-hmm. the, the 10 years difference it's completely different type of students <laughs> you know so I, i keep on learning about uh, this new generation from yeah. from them like you know oh with this type of students now i cannot do the same things as i did with my students maybe five years ago yeah because their expectations are different what they like to learn is uh, different, different and the way that they learn is also different so it's kind of <laughs> you know it's <laughs> always a lot of new things that i learn yeah and what will you say is the most difficult part of your job the most difficult part well because with the lower level especially lower level students mm-hmm. especially because not everyone has the same starting point it's very challenging to kind of like uh, figuring out how what would be the best way to deliver certain materials mm-hmm. that would not make those students who already come with a s- certain knowledge would not feel bored but those who are not who come with knowing nothing Mm-hmm. does not feel like uh, discouraged yeah you know so it's kind of like balancing that it's extremely difficult yeah have you had any student that is not either from any like major or minor in those natural sci- science area but more like me for example a student like me mm-hmm. going there and I want to take a chemistry uh, uh-huh, class just uh-huh. for fun. Have uh-huh. you had any? Yeah, I had. <laughs> I had that. And how But have I they been give, in there? <laughs> I give I give them a lot of trauma, I think. <laughs> Traumatic experience. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I I think I I wouldn't I I couldn't handle if yeah. I if I if I take a class with you. <laughs> probably I I couldn't ca- well, handle the the stress. Well, any science classes that you take are n- none of them are going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think any type of science does not have to be natural science. Any type of science classes that you're going to take, mm-hmm. because it requires a lot of 
understanding of the concepts, understanding of the knowledge before you can apply it. Yeah. That makes it difficult. It it will be different than uh, applied mm-hmm. uh, classes when you're only applying things that you've learned. But before you can apply those things, you have to understand <laughs> it first, right? And um, a lot of the science classes that we have are heavy on the uh, theory part. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what makes uh, students are... Th- that makes it very challenging for students. Yeah. And especially with chemistry, it not only introduces new concepts to students, but also it requires a lot of uh, math skill. And s- sometimes students are not up to it. To you know, I have to <coughs> learn the concepts and then I have to understand how to apply the math, yeah. uh, mathematical skills. That's too much uh, for th- uh, for students to to work on with the students who come uh, to class with a very strong uh, math skill they probably are not going to be as uh, struggling as uh, those students who n- does not have a very good math skills because then they can only focus on the concept yeah and then applying their math skills to to whatever concept that they're going to work on so with the students who are n- do not have a very good math skills then that would be a challenge for them I'll and be that. <laughs> <laughs> that that reminds me of my my um, my time when I was in Moscow <laughs> yeah yeah I will be like that I, yeah. I will be like you in Moscow but in English yeah. you know and yeah. with math <laughs> it's yeah. just everything was just so difficult yeah yeah um, you know uh, also um I wanted to talk with you about the science building because, uh-huh. I mean, you worked there the whole time. Uh-huh. Um, it was recently renovated. Uh-huh. I think it was last year that they inaugurated uh-huh. the, the whole building again. Uh-huh. So how do you see the difference between the now and the before uh, the renovation? Oh, a lot, of, a lot of improvement, especially from the lab size. The lab, uh, I don't know if you've seen our <coughs> lab before. No. The lab before uh, it says that it can it can house 24 students, but I do not see that 24 students can be in that lab hmm. space. And especially because of the layout of the lab, mm-hmm. we have fume hoods in the middle of the room, so it's kind of like really blocked the view from for for the instructor especially. And when we're doing lab, especially this chemistry lab, yeah, safety is. Uh, a huge concern when you cannot see your students it's uh, an alarming situation because you know in the lower level class I don't think all students know what they were doing so (laughs) it's kind of like when you cannot see your students because your view is blocked by the Mm. by the fume hood it's kind of like really um, alarming with the layout of the lab that we have where it's a very open space that you can just stand in one corner and you can see everything in on the opposite side of mm-hmm. the the lab. You can see what students are doing, whether they're dumping whatever <laughs> they, they were not need to <laughs> dump it into the sink to the sink, yeah. right? Oh. You can see immediately. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the layout is very very nice, uh, very uh, working very well, and then. Um, the equipments uh, that we have, we, we 
be back back then we only have like an old equipment that sometimes work or sometimes not working and mm-hmm. we have to share between one lab to an, a, a, another lab yeah. but now each lab has their own uh, equipments so do you think the the investment in the science building was worth it yes uh, especially from the lab size mm-hmm. and from the the lab for for the classroom it's also kind of like uh, helpful because Uh, the technology in the classrooms are uh, more up to date mm-hmm. with the size of office well i should not complain but uh, <laughs> you know the the office is <laughs> super tiny <laughs> super tiny and especially if you have a lot of students going to come to your office hour and they need help yeah you do not have space for them so you just have to do it in in a different you place. need a, a bigger office yeah i kind of like Uh, we demand a bigger office for Dr. <laughs> 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 well, I kind of like miss the office that I had when I was in temporary office in Walton. Oh, uh, uh-huh. Walton uh, building. Mm-hmm. I was I have an office in the basement uh-huh. where the office is so spacious. <laughs> <laughs> And then I have to go to, to a very tiny room, yeah, very yeah. tiny, very tiny office. But oh well. So are all offices the same uh, size? The y- almost the same size. I think there are some some offices that are uh, smaller. Uh, um, I don't know if you know Dr. Borosh. Her mm. office is, yeah. I think, the smallest out of all of Already. all our office. Oh. Yeah. It's even smaller than yours, then. <laughs> and does not have a window, so oh. it's kind of like, yeah. And um, do you think that there's room for improvement uh, in the science building besides your your office? Yeah. Of <laughs> <course>. <laughs> I think yeah, there is always room for improvement, especially with the equipments. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we have a lot of new equipments, but then uh, with the new equipments, we have to invest as well in the maintenance, mm-hmm. not only. Yeah, we can buy it, but we cannot maintain it. What's the point, yeah. right? So, so yeah, so the improvement in in that area would would be kind of like, um, required as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, there there should be an improvement on that. And also that uh, regarding the chemistry program here at the university, mm-hmm. uh, first I wanted to know how many students does the chemistry program has as of right now? As of right now, I think the major. We have probably nine or eleven, about that much uh, okay. uh, majors. Uh, uh, two will be graduating this semester, mm-hmm. and then with the minor, um, we have. I'm not sure what's the exact number, but probably the about the same as the mm-hmm. numbers of majors, and our minor is restricted to only biology uh, oh. major who wants to go to professional uh, school uh, because of the d- design of the um, classes that students have to take so uh, if for example I I am not in the biology major mm-hmm. if I wanted to take chemistry as minor I couldn't y- you could but Usually, if you are in other science, n- not other science, other uh, lands mm-hmm. uh, program, not in the natural science, when you get to the natural science, of course, 
you you do not want to pick anything <laughs> that is too challenging from yeah. uh, whatever that especially major, if yeah. you're studying yeah. communication yeah, you yeah. <laughs> and 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 also because i think because of the math requirements for chemistry classes mm-hmm. is yeah you have to you have, have a to lot have of background yeah you have to have at least a college algebra beca- mm-hmm. before you take the lower yeah. the lowest level of even that class chemistry. was a pain for me you know <laughs> 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 really, really, I'm not joking. <laughs> oh, Even man. that class was really a pain for me. <laughs> yeah. So did you have to take what? What I had to take it because uh, it was like a core um, uh, yeah, course the quantita- from quantitative uh-huh. uh, core. So yeah, I had to take uh, that college that algebra. Yeah, and uh, for the psychology major, I had to take um, statistics. Yeah. Statistics. So those are the only maths. Math I, uh, that you. Yeah, but. <laughs> I, I still have nightmares about that. You still have nightmares. Yeah, because after I took the college algebra, uh-huh. I, I thought that I will never be taking any related to math again. <laughs> and stats is that as well. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I struggle with those. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you see the program, uh, the chemistry program here at OSARS? Do you think it's like complete or is there something that needs to be changed or um, modified? W- Okay, uh, we would like to offer more options, like, you know, offer more variations. Mm-hmm. That Because uh, right now, the chemistry classes that we offer are strictly for uh, chemistry major. And with the chemistry major, it's not like the uh, students have to take uh, general chemistry one mm-hmm. and two, and then organic one and two, and then physical chemistry one and two, and then quantitative analysis Mm -hmm. and it would ideally uh, students also take biochemistry and inorganic so so that uh, chemistry students are exposed to all of those five majors but then we are uh, the numbers of credit hours that students can have Mm -hmm. in order to uh, to be able to complete the degree in four year that would not allow uh, students to take all all those many courses without uh, sacrificing uh, the other uh, two minors from the other two two lands. Yeah. So we have to design it in a way that it can allow the students to major in chemistry, but also allow the students to take part in the lands curriculum. And it's been a challenge, but. Um, with only two chemists uh, uh, on campus, mm-hmm. it's kind of like difficult to offer more variations. Yeah. So yeah, we we would like to have more variations to, to be offered, but uh, we do not have the manpower to do that without allowing us to overload mm-hmm. uh, in the in the faculty hour. Yeah, that's true. All right, we're getting to the final part of this okay. conversation. Okay. I, I've been enjoying it, so I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of sad that it's ending, but you know. <laughs> uh, this last part is like kind of a dynamic that I used to do with the uh, guests. And uh-huh. 
is a short phrase or one word answers on different questions, okay? Okay. It, it'll be easy, don't worry. You, uh, can, uh, can I think though? Yeah, you can, can, you I can change, think. Can I change the answers? Yeah, you, or, can, yeah. you can take your time to, to, to answer them. Okay. It, it doesn't have to be in one word. You can elaborate, okay. you know? Okay. <laughs> But uh, so the first question is favorite color. Blue. Blue. Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite <laughs> color too. Oh, you know? good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? I pray. You pray. Yeah. Religion? Uh, Islam. Islam. What is your favorite time of the year? Okay, can I ask a question in here? The favorite time of the year means like uh, the season or yeah, the, the season. month? The season. To be honest, I like holiday season. Uh -huh. <laughs> like uh, the, during Christmas time. Uh -huh. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's just like peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And if we talk about a month in a specific mm -hmm. during that same time, I like uh, October. October. Why, yeah. Why? Because the color change. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Uh, what makes you angry? <laughs> oh god <laughs> What makes a lot angry? of things a lot of things <laughs> so if uh, someone keep repeating doing the things that I <laughs> said not to okay so how do you call that Yeah. Like in a class when you're in like a class or anywhere that keep repeating the things that I said no and keep repeating doing that mm -hmm. she's like you just <laughs> test my patience <laughs> <laughs> does that happen to you very often oh yeah well <laughs> okay i did not get angry very uh, often mm -hmm. very easily but i got annoyed uh, quite easily <laughs> um so th there is a difference between angry and annoyed yeah if annoyed i usually just gonna Uh, how can you not understand? It's just a simple thing <laughs> like that. But if I if I'm angry, oh, you do not want to be near me. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just okay. like a warning that oh, when I'm angry, <laughs> you do not want to be near me. How you describe your your personality? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe happy. Well. Not happy, but more like content mm -hmm. than happy. Yeah. Uh, what will you buy if you received a gift of a million dollars? What would I buy? Yeah. Probably I would not buy anything. I would just give it away. <laughs> you will give it away? Yeah, I'll just give like share to it who? with other. Uh, share it to others. <laughs> will you give me money to me? <laughs> sure. <laughs> if I have the money, right? <laughs> How much, yeah. if you had the, the million dollars, how well, much will you give me? Well, the more that I can share, <laughs> like, to the, the more, like, it's like this. Um, the more people that can I can share the mm -hmm. happiness, it would be uh, th what I choose. Yeah. Not the amount, but uh, the numbers of people that can, uh, that can, That's what also feels, yeah, mm -hmm. feels feels the happiness. Yeah, are are you a morning person or an afternoon person? Morning. Morning. Mm -hmm. You work better in the morning. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. uh, favorite music genre? 
<laughs> I listen to almost anything, but uh, if I can pick an artist, that would be Josh Groban and Chris Botti. Chris Botti. Yes. What type of music do they do? Uh, Josh Groban. Well, they say that like it's classical crossover or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Groban. Uh, but I've been following Josh Groban since he first come as uh, uh, f- since he started his career. Okay. To now, uh, he is now expanding his skills to Broadway to musical as well. So it's kind of like very diverse because he started as an kind of like an opera singer. Mm-hmm. Now he's in Broadway, so mm. it's like the the diversity, yeah. the, the the growth that <laughs> you see uh, in him. W- with Chris Botti, he's more like a jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I I can tell that you listen to a lot of variety of music <laughs> because I, even <laughs> one time I remember I put you to listen Bad Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Bunny, yeah, I did yeah. not know who that guy. And I was like, uh, I, I did not remember that the name was Bad Bunny. I, yeah. I remember, I, I was going to uh, tell students, oh yeah, I know this one group of music. <laughs> I don't remember the name. It's kind of like a rabbit or something. <laughs> <laughs> the bad rabbit, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's something about rabbit. <laughs> it's about Bad Bunny. Yeah. Um, Can you tell us a job you dream to have when you were a child? A dream job? Yeah. When I was a child? Yeah. Okay, this is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when I was little, so, so I cannot I cannot say it in only one 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 word, but uh, it's kind of like it, I have to elaborate. It, but That's fine. Um, there is a type of music that I. L- watch uh, mm-hmm. that is called Kronchong. Okay. This is more like a uh, Indonesian uh, folk uh, music okay. that has a lot of influence from the Portuguese. So uh, this uh, group of people who played Kronchong music is mm-hmm. very interesting because Um, you have like a uh, violin, you have flute, and then you have uh, ukulele. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's that's why the name of the the j- uh, music genre is called kronchong uh, because of the ukulele give like a chong oh. chong 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 <laughs> sound. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the the background of the music mm-hmm. is very like no, no the 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 vocal for example mm-hmm. right it's very kind of like mellow uh, m- melody but mm-hmm. the background is very kind of like cheerful trunk 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 so it's kind of like interesting to to yeah. to listen to that kind of uh, style so when i was little i saw this group performing on tv and then i was kind of like thinking oh this music is really interesting when i grew up i want to be one of the <laughs> musicians who play crunchong music oh, wow <laughs> <laughs> and can you perform any uh, instrument I, uh, y- i play flute 
so that's why after I saw this <laughs> crunchong group, I like I have to learn yeah. one of the <laughs> instrument because I want to be. <laughs> to be how do how do you say it? Crunchong. 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 Yes, crunchong. So if you can like Google find crunchong, <laughs> you 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 understand what I mean by the melody is very kind of like mellow, yeah. but then the background the the rhythm is very kind of like very cheerful so it's just kind of like does not match <laughs> yeah it does not match between the melody mm-hmm. and the the background <laughs> but that's, that's what makes fun. it interesting yeah okay another question <laughs> tv shows or movies neither neither yeah you don't usually watch i i don't have the patience the 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 <coughs> patience to like for tv series for mm-hmm. example i don't have the patience to wait for the next <laughs> <laughs> and with uh, movies i don't have the patience to sit two, two hours, hours yeah hours. yeah so okay. so i like to watch kind of like a short short movies mm-hmm. like you know maybe only 30 minutes 20 minutes yeah and then it's done that's it yeah <laughs> all right cats or dogs Neither. <laughs> <laughs> I have pet rock. <laughs> <laughs> I have a rock that I pet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really have a rock? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Really? If I have to choose, I probably will choose a uh, dog. But I dog. also like cats. Mm-hmm. So, have you had a pet? Oh. I had when I was little. I have both cats and dogs. All right. Yeah. All right. And <laughs> the last is an opportunity for uh, the guest to ask me any question so you can ask me whatever <laughs> you want what is your plan after you graduate i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, i know um, you have to go back home right? yeah but um well after graduating i will spend uh some time with friends in south carolina uh-huh. and um after that like a month after that i will go back to honduras and uh-huh. Hopefully, get settled, uh, try to find a job, <laughs> and uh, I mean, start growing in my like professional career and uh-huh. trying to support my family too. Because uh-huh. I, I don't know, it's it's weird in my family, you know. But because uh, when when you grow up like at 18 years old, mm-hmm. the most usual thing is that you search for being more independent or uh-huh. look for your own house and uh-huh, everything uh-huh. but in my in my house in my family it has been the totally opposite you know because uh-huh. uh my my sister she's 25 years old she mm-hmm. still lives in our house uh-huh. with my family my brother is 32 years old he still lives in my house yeah the same so in indonesia we yeah. also like as long as you're not married mm-hmm. you're living with your parents yeah. and um i remember when my my brother got married when he was 33 years old i think or thir- 32 years old mm-hmm. so before he got married he still lived with my parents yeah so it's kind of like very common uh, back home that uh as long as you're not married you live with your parents yeah. even my sister even he already she already got married mm-hmm. she still lives with my parents oh really yeah well, although she has her own house mm-hmm. so usually during the weekend she w- she would go back to her own house but then during weekdays she would stay Chilling. with my parents yeah 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and yeah. That I I mean that's funny when people ask me because a lot of people have asked me and so you're gonna get, you're gonna get your own apartment or something mm -hmm. like that and I'm, I'm like, no no yeah. I'm I'm living with my you're parents. Living with my parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's it's not very common in Honduras, but even in Honduras, a lot of people <clears throat> doesn't understand when I tell them that my brother uh -huh. which is 32 years old uh -huh. still lives in my still house <laughs> but it's funny yeah but still live with parents, uh, yeah. so yeah my, my plans are that living with my parents uh -huh. try to get a job uh -huh. and uh, start um, growing in my career so probably something something similar to this hopefully <laughs> because yeah, I, I, I like more this part yeah and i think you really enjoy this kind of uh, yeah <laughs> this kind of job yeah and, uh, i mean i i've i have i have enjoyed this conversation with you today so <laughs> well thank you thank been, you yeah, i enjoyed thanks. the conversations as well with you yeah so thank you very much for being here to today yeah, and um Thank you to everyone who has listened to this episode of the CDRB show. I'm Christian Rodriguez and you can follow us on Instagram as CDRB Productions and I'll see you next time.